Hey guys, and welcome to the In Focus podcast with me, your host, Sam G. This is where I speak to people who are on the rise. That's real, inspired, strong and empowered. And today's guest is just that. His name is Joseph and he featured on the show the Valentine's Day special it was, which aired on Valentine's Day. And before I go any further, thank you to all of the listeners that locked in to the show, gave me your feedback because I definitely went away, spoke with Joseph and brought him back as per your request. So he is joining me today where we are having an open and honest conversation. That's right open and honest conversations it was so healing yes it was indeed now as we're getting all excited because lockdown is drawing to a close one thing that I want people to take away after listening to this show is that we need to have more of these conversations between us and within our communities Because if we are ever going to get that essence of true love, which is not love like how you think, then we just need to do this. Communicate with one another on a whole and on a level. We can only really have these conversations when you know that you are going through the healing journey. And there's no shame in that. There is definitely no shame in going through the healing process because we all have to do it no matter what. Okay. And so, yeah, please definitely get involved with me over at the In Focus podcast on the IG page if you haven't already. And this is where you can be kept up to date with who's on the shows and what's in the book flicks and chill library, which you'll be hearing one today actually two but I'm just hoping that you guys enjoy the show and we've got so much more coming for you in the coming weeks so stay tuned but I'm about to press play on Joseph I just want to apologize first and foremost because the audio quality on my side wasn't that great and this is something that when we get out of lockdown I cannot wait to meet you guys face to face so that we can record for any future shows that's if you want to be on the show but let's get back to the guest in hand let's give a virtual round of applause to joseph so welcome back joseph to this space how are you i'm good thank you yourself i'm very well i'm very well so as i said in the opening it was the listeners really that called you back to this space how are you feeling about that that's good. That's really good to hear. Let's me know that I'm not talking out my backside. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. Um, a lot of the times it's more these kind of conversations that need to be had between male and female. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's very true. You know, we spoke um, a lot about relationship with self. Yeah. Uh, beforehand and that there was no difference between male and female and how that looks no no there isn't there's definitely not a difference it's just Mm -hmm. something that is sold to us in that way that's that's why i believe that's what i've experienced basically 
To pick up on that point, you mentioning uh, how it was sold to us, and it's so true. I feel, actually, I'm going to ask the question. Looking at relationships now in today's generation, yeah. do you feel there's a chance? Um, there's more honesty. I don't know if there's... there's there's no, I don't think there's a chance as a mass in terms of the type of relationships our generation was sold and what we believe um, a relationship should be because they do come in different shapes and forms. I truly believe that this generation, this younger generation, is a lot more open and honest with themselves. Mm. But also that comes with being forced right um, into... Just honestly being more promiscuous. It's sold to them. I mean, there is a lot more that they're available to than we were at a time. Um, so much to the point where they actually can't be controlled in the amount of information they take in, but they can be steered towards an avenue of information. You know, mm. then, there's a chance, but it's not the same ideas of a relationship that we have. Okay, because a lot of what is steered in their direction is, as you said before, the marketing. So we're looking at social media, uh, music videos, very different to our times. <laughs> yeah, it's massively different. I mean, it's it's not even music videos. It's now influencers. Uh, they're actually pretty big in terms of social media apps. I mean, when... We're the last generation that learned how to use a computer and had conversations without mobile phones and so on being involved. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we were left to our own devices in our rooms with a mobile phone, you know. So when they are getting information, it's not life experience anymore. It's just what's on the end of the black screen. You know. So how, how did you get your your information growing up on what love was? Oh, uh, it was trial and error. <laughs> trial and error <laughs> all the way through. It, and talking to my peers. But then again, we we're all the same age. The beautiful thing was um, we kind of were our own therapists in a way. Mm-hmm. Like any experience that we came across, we would basically sit down and talk about, which I found was quite rare. Um, okay. uh, a lot of men from West Indian culture where it was seriously spoken about. It wasn't like in jest. We genuinely taught each other a lot of things. Not all the information was correct, mm-hmm. but at least we gave ourselves the opportunities to talk and share. Uh, but it was a lot of trial and error, a lot of trial and error. Because the reason I bring up this question, and I know maybe lockdown has like really locked me down in terms of I do not know what's going on on the streets of today, but with those groups that you had then, when you collectively came together with your peers and you spoke, is there that forum or space for young men or young adults to do that today? I, I don't know. I honestly don't know. What I do know is that 
they're a lot more forward and they actually feel a lot more just in their actions. Mm. Um, one thing I can say in terms of men, because there is all of this information and there is this phone and the internet and tablets and so on, um, a lot of things they are deluded on. Uh, some Something that's as simple, but yet intimate as sex, absolutely deluded. Um, what I've come to find is a lot of these children are porn addicted massively because they have the access to it and there is no regulation. Uh, how they feel that type of intimacy should be carried out is the way they've seen it, which is on porn. Heavy violation, um, no intimacy, just hard core and that's that I mean yes I, like I say I'm an 80s baby I grew up to R&B lovers rock they do have elements of that but it's very very different from what my R&B is where I'd say it was rhythm and blues to yeah. Ariana Grande which has no relevance to me whatsoever you know that's just pop but in today's market that's R&B and they have nothing loving to say. They may portray it as love yourself, but when you're strutting around in like knee high stilettos and you know saying to love yourself, but you don't actually look like the person who wakes up in the morning, I don't know what to tell you. You know. Whereas I had Lauren Hill telling me she loves herself, and I think the most she done was put some Vaseline on to look nice and mahogany shiny and some lipstick. Mm. We have lost that essence there of natural beauty. And I yeah. think even, you know, listeners, you're going to hear this. It almost sounding like we're repeating on certain things, but it still goes to the core root of being yourself and loving yourself um, is the foundations because women, yeah, they were, they, they had their issues. Yeah. But the natural beauty came out more and more. And I don't see that nowadays. It doesn't sell. No, know? it doesn't. It no, doesn't it sell. But then this is the confusing thing now, because I've heard on some podcasts or conversations where people are saying, well, this is what guys want. You know, this is how guys want us to be. They don't want us wearing our headscarves and this, that, that when they get with us. or So they take I, the lead off men. I don't know who told them that. <laughs> and this is where we need to have these conversations because, I mean, as a man, men like women. You can come wrapped up in any way, shape, or form, but if you have an appeal, you'll be appealing. You know? Mm. And you need to understand that. Just like sometimes um, I've had this... Well, I used to have this as a young man where it was like, oh, I don't understand why she's with that man. She's so fine, and he's just like some pot belly guy. Mm -hmm. But he has something and it's probably that he was confident enough to just be and allow her to be and bloom in her, in her own self. And, um, yeah, or it could be money. It could be a numerous amount of things, but until you have that conversation, 
you will never know because you could only make so many assumptions. And now, as time's gone by, what I've found is that uh, I'm still learning now, being honest and actually being in control of yourself and being confident. It goes a very long way. Mm -hmm. Like there was um, a thing that I was practicing a few years ago. Just walk with your chest tall. You know, yeah. carry a certain gabapentin about you, and like um, look, yeah, look people in the eye, and it makes a massive difference. You start seeing the people that think you're arrogant, and then you start seeing the people that take theirs. He takes pride in himself. Mm. And could be confused. Could be confused though with ego. Yeah, that's that's what I mean. There, there are people you're you're starting to separate yourself from the people that have the negative and the and the positive thoughts because they might not like the fact that you stand tall around them, but but that's their issue to deal with mm. because it's got nothing to do with you. Realistically, you know, when you make a decision to better yourself and someone feels like oh they they think they're this and they think they're that. We have to remember, and this is where I say we need to love ourselves first. Mm. Someone else's actions, we are not responsible for. We are only responsible for our own actions. Mm. So if, let's say, for in general, I say something that a listener may not like. Now, how they process that information and react, that's their responsibility, it's not mine. Yeah, it's, it's definitely um, all about perceptions. Um, and how people perceive that, or perspectives, sorry, not perceptions, perspectives, um, because a lot of things can be said and misconstrued, yes. um, or others have got different visions of what you said, you know? Um, yes. I've, I have found, though, a lot of the times we are we are dealing from a place of ego, and I feel like that was mentioned in the first part of the show where we were exploring love through the eyes and it was something that was mentioned with phoenix rise 100 but there was an interesting post that i saw the other day and it read the conflict in most relationships is because the ego doesn't understand the sensitivity of emotions yeah that's true mm -hmm. that's very true but that that goes hand in hand with what I said last time in terms of you, when you love yourself, you, you transcend past many different things and you start understanding the difference between an ego and confidence. And mm -hmm. if you can recognize those traits in yourself, then you will start recognizing it in the significant other, whether or not they're being egotistical or they're being confident. Because egos blind you. Being confident, like I said before, you're confident enough to let someone else take the baton and guide you and not hold anything against them for it. Now, if you were ego tripping, you would feel weak in comparison because your ego is not allowing you to see past that you need help. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. But when you're confident... You feel all those people out. When you start loving yourself, you feel all those people out. And then after that, you have a choice on whether or not you want that energy around you or if you're strong enough to have that energy around you. And there's nothing wrong with also not being strong enough 
for it because you're still working on yourself. And when you are, hopefully, just by being around that person and giving them the confidence to have the conversation instead mm -hmm. of coming with their own assumption, you can help them find a better sense of things. That's so true. So in your evolution yeah. from your younger days to now, you said you yourself have been on quite a journey. From what you've learned from um, in your younger days, has that always carried itself through to now? Have you always had this kind of mindset or, you know, how has it differed? Oh, no, no, no. I um, I was pretty much a blank canvas when I was young, but I was also um, quite naive, quite mm -hmm. naive, and I never learned. Um, I had a problem with making the same mistakes. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I realized that I actually have a life and responsibilities that I had to sit back and really think, I need to start making decisions that matter and forgiving myself before I look for someone else to forgive me. I had a massive issue with gratification. Um, I always felt like I, I needed gratification from those close to me. And if they didn't have the same vision as me or taking what I was saying, it would, it would crush me. That's, mm -hmm. that's just being honest. And then, like I said, when you go through the process of loving yourself, you realize you're the one with the problem because just because that person hasn't responded the way you wanted them to, because it's not a need, you want them to, which feeds into your ego once again mm -hmm. to give you a gratification when you can just get up and do what you need to do and if it goes wrong at least you've learned off your experiences that okay I still want to hit the same destination I might just have to do it this way instead of that way and you don't need someone to give you any form of gratification because when you hit where you need to go they'll see you Mm. Ah. I, I get through like your teenage years uh, you have to go through a process of that finding yourself I get that I kind of like what age were you then when you kind of started to realize all of this oh, I was well past my teenage years I think mm -hmm. the teenage years are the times to actually um, make as many safe mistakes as possible because you don't know nothing. I mean, what do you know? Even in your 20s, what do you know? Um, Expand on some of those safe mistakes, just in case, you know. Um, safe mistakes are mistakes where I think they're safe through now being close to 40. Um, they are actually realistic mistakes that you should be making. Because let's say, okay, common saying, um, if you don't hear, you must feel. <laughs> so if you're not listening, don't put your hand in the fire. You're going to experience that once you put your hand in the fire, it's going to burn. Mm -hmm. So you're going to make that decision, should I do that again? No. And that's a natural progression. That's natural education. Because yeah. you're, you're not going to listen to someone when you have no responsibilities and you are not educated on making decisions because you're in your teens. I mean, what have you done? You've been in a system that constantly feeds you information, gives you food, 
gives you water to quench your thirst and puts clothes on your back and shelter over your head. What mm-hmm. do you know? You know, you're in a system until you're old enough to realize you don't want to be in it. And that could be all the way into your 30 plus. Yeah. Because when you look at it, you are under your parents' wing or your guidance, like whoever is parenting you or raising you. And you're put in a educational system mm-hmm. by choice of who's um, raising you, either from the age of two or six or five, depends on when you start. That takes up six and a half to seven and a half hours of your day. Then you go home and you're under someone else's wing. And you're in the educational system. You could be in it until you're 21. After that, you're thrusted into a work system. And in between then, have you actually lived outside of that? Because you'll spend four to five hours um, socialising, and then you're back to sleep and back into a system under a condition. You're not actually free-willingly socialising. Like on a mm-hmm. Friday, you're marketed to just wind down. On a Saturday, spend your money. Who told you to do that? It's just the way things are being churned. That's mm. why I solely believe in, I've been hearing it for many years, never got it till now. Life really does begin at 40. It does. Well, yeah. I, I'm saying it does, and I've not even reached 40 yet. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm, I'm a year away. I'm happy enough to say because I feel like I'm going to make my best decisions and achieve my greatest things around that time for myself. I I would uh, 100% agree with that, because I'm going to be 40 this year, and I I literally (laughs) just said this to my grandparents, that this is my year. I I feel like, just a new lease you know sometimes every year goes by and people say oh how do you feel now that you're this age or that age I'm not I'm so excited to get to 40. Same here same here (laughs) same here I I think I'm gonna be and I I generally say this with um, one of my closest friends my cousin in fact that I'm probably gonna be in the best shape I've ever been in my life when I hit 40. I plan to break the mold Because as I was saying, in your teens, you make so many mistakes and you shouldn't be persecuted for it. In your 20s, you still make a lot of mistakes. A lot. Mm. Now, in your 30s, you could only afford to make the same mistake three or four times. In your 40s, you should be making new mistakes because you should not be making any previous mistakes you did before. And they are only mistakes you're making because you're entering new territory. You're doing new, bigger things. That's why food is exciting. So, so true. It's it's like um, you're coming into your purpose. Yeah. That's for for me. I know that that's what it is. Is I've had that journey and the steps taken to really honing in on my true purpose in life. Yes. And. You know, as much as we talk about the intimate connections that we have with people, ultimately the relationship with self, you know, like we've just said, you go through your teens because it's the same. Well, I can only speak for myself, but you you take those little baby steps into 
areas where you make your safe mistakes or you make silly mistakes and (laughs) you learn from it. Yeah, Yeah. like you said, for those that can't hear will feel if you continuously go back and do the same silliness again. But now, reaching my 30s and and going through those phases, I've realised what my true purpose is. And I'm really pleased to know that when I get to 40, I shine the light on it even greater. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And share that with everybody else as well. So, you know, it's all about sharing the love as we go along. <laughs> I, no, I think that's that's very um, a massive thing to do. You, you need to give back because all the experience and the knowledge that you gain, as I say, when they say life begins at 40, it's only when you start realising you, you are valuable. You do have something to give. Mm-hmm. And you deserve to be... And I don't believe this is an ego... Like I said, you do deserve respect because you are someone that has something to say. And if someone doesn't respect you, why are you going to get caught up on that? Just Mm. leave them to it. Let them live because then you're just being needy. Like I said, my thing, I found that I always look for gratification from my peers or loved ones close to me. And when they didn't give it to me, I would break down. And that, like I said, was my own problem. You need to separate yourself from other people's reactions if they're not what you want, because essentially it's what you want. You know, you just have to manage the things that you want. Listeners, just to to hone in, I mentioned a book... I like to do my little book flicks and chill uh, moment. And the one book that I found along the way is called The Way of the Superior Man. Okay. Yes, you did Um, um, message me about that. I'm not going to lie. I haven't had an opportunity to look at it, but I will find my education with it. I'm not going to say anything. You've got it there when you're ready or when, you know what, it's when you're guided to. I don't expect people, I find now, you know, once you send someone something or you put something in someone's path, it's not to be followed up certain times straight away. It's when and when you get to it, when you pick that up, it's needed, you know? Yeah. And this book has been on my shelf for a long time now and picked it up the other day. And it's a spiritual guide to mastering the challenges of women, work and sexual desire. Okay. It's written by David Dider. Now, the the reason why I bring up this book is because we were just talking about purpose there. Yeah. And one of the chapters was your purpose must come before your relationship. How beautiful is that? That's, That's amazing. It's very true. So the opening bit, just a, a little a little snippet here, says, every man knows that his highest purpose in life cannot be reduced to any particular relationship. If a man prioritises his relationship over his highest purpose, he weakens himself, disserves the universe, and cheats his woman of an authentic man who can offer her full, undivided presence. That's the realest thing anyone <laughs> said in regards to us in a very long time. That's true. I've, I've done that. And it serves no purpose to yourself or your significant other whatsoever. It actually causes a divide. And um, if you're unfortunate enough, that person 
could take advantage of you. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that's that's very very true, and that goes alongside. If we're going to talk about self love, I mean, a very mm-hmm. big stigma that people misunderstand, and they would call it, "Oh, he's just going through a midlife crisis." Mm-hmm. You know, when uh, um, a man decides that he wants his car, and he wants the car he's always wanted, mm-hmm. and they and they're like, "Oh, he's just going through a midlife crisis." Well, I I can tell you from because it's the only perspective I have, and from mm-hmm. talking to peers. When you're sold the ITV life, like I say, what the media projects to you, um, you are made to believe that you are here to bear the weight of the world on your shoulders in a relationship. Mm -hmm. You are here to provide. You are here to take the mantelpiece. You are supposed to have someone that looks a certain way. Your house is supposed to be a certain way. The car that you drive is supposed to be a certain way. You're meant to take... 2.4 family trips overseas every year and that just sounds like after a while of summing it up all you're doing is just giving out energy that you're not giving to yourself and out of nowhere someone in the relationship wants to not be in that relationship anymore and it's called a midlife crisis well no Mm -hmm. they've just lived a life that's been projected to them for so long and they haven't followed any goals or any dreams. They've just done university. They've come out and they've probably just settled because they've yeah. gone into a relationship too early, had a child. And in all this time, they actually haven't had a real conversation about their pet hates or what they do and don't like and being honest with each other because no one's educated on that. No one's told anything. And because they are not talking and communicating and it's con- Densing like a boiling pot. It comes out like someone's just having a crisis. Well, yes, they are. But they're just transitioning from a caterpillar to a butterfly. And they are actually valuing themselves. And that's male or female. Because I could only speak from a male's perspective. But I'm sure when, let's say, a man takes a leap and gets out of the relationship, actually finds someone that he's more relatable to, who that person is now. Because... You're still growing. It's like having a child. You have a child straight away, and then your child hits 40. They're still your child, but you've got your inexperience in having a 40-year-old child. So you're still learning about yourself. You're still gaining about yourself at that age. And the other person who's been left actually has space to grow because they might have just been someone who sat in the house, um, might not be physically what they were before mm-hmm. and they might blame you or blame themselves but because no one's spoken they hide it behind protein shakes diets they don't finish I don't even like using that word diet but projects they mm. don't finish in terms of bettering themselves so they'll go to the gym for three months get a result feel like this has happened oh I'm down now then they just go back to the same old habits instead of establishing a lifestyle and making it a more positive lifestyle as soon as that person's not around, they have an opportunity or they have the mental space to do what they need to do as well to better themselves. I have no fear. Yeah, I mean... I have no fear. Yeah, they, this is something I firmly believe people should be talking about, you know? Like, because it's... I've seen it so many times. 
I've seen it in the media. People have told stories about it. It's in films. But it's always put across in the wrong way. And yeah. it's not told in the light of reality. You know, you have time to grow now. Be yourself. Appreciate that as well. And appreciate you know, that the person was honest. The beautiful thing about it is I'm just, I'm just going to let you know, read, get this book. Because I've sat here, I've been skinning tea the whole way through of what you've just said. Not because I find it hilarious of what you've just said, because I, I empathise with everything that you, you know, you've given us there. But the page that, that came out to me was it says, lean just beyond your edge. So in any given moment, a man's growth is optimised if he leans just beyond his edge, his capacity, his fear. Yeah. He should not be too lazy, happily stagnating in the zone of security and comfort, nor should he push far beyond his edge, stressing himself unnecessarily, unable to metabolize his experience. He should lean just slightly beyond the edge of fear and discomfort, constantly in everything he does. I feel like what you've said as well can lead to insecurities in men. Yes. You know, um, massively. Yeah, and this is something I want to touch on next, actually. But before we do that, it is time for us to take a short little break and we'll be with you on the other side. Welcome to the Book Flicks and Chill Library. The book that's been added today is called King, Warrior, Magician, Lover. In rediscovering the archetypes of the mature masculine. Authors... Robert Moore and Douglas Gillette. Now their purpose for writing this book was to offer men a simplified and readable outline of an operator's manual for the male psyche. It is hoped that by reading the book it will help understand the strengths and weaknesses of a man and provide them with a map to the territories of masculine selfhood which still need to be explored. Interested and want to know more? Then definitely get your copy today. So we are back for part two, where I am joined today by Joseph, and we're just having a really nice conversation, um, doing a part two of exploring love through the eyes of man's perspective. And we just left off talking about insecurities, and I was saying, you know, lean just beyond your edge so being honest with yourself as a man and I think you we were gonna we were gonna just hone in that certain times so much pressure is put on men yes you know and we as women or yeah I'm gonna say we as women forget that you know you go through the same things as us as well as we feel that we've got our pressures and men also have theirs so we were yeah. saying that these pressures can lead to insecurities, which may cause you to doubt yourself. Yes, yeah, that's that's. I think that's very massive. And if that has, is something that came from um, the book you recommended, then I'm definitely going to need to take a, a, a deep look into it because that's something that reflects very much on myself. I mean, if we're going to be honest, for me. Um, 
My main insecurity, I have, I have no problem with being confident. Something I developed um, through being bullied. This is a conversation uh, me and yourself had previously. Mm -hmm. And um, I was bullied for quite some time, which I never understood why. But in the end, I just took ownership of myself and, and I said, look, I'm, I'm not ugly. There's nothing wrong with me. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a handsome lad. So whatever they see is not what I see, so I don't need to worry about it. But there are other things that do affect us. And what you're referring to in that book is really, really important because my biggest thing is parenting. Um, I think we should all talk about these things and men should be more open. We should all be more open because maybe we can find a solution amongst ourselves. Mm. But for me, it's parenting. Um, I've always looked here, and I'm sure most people do, that whatever fault you find in your parents, you don't want to pass on to your children. Yeah. yeah. But we still all have our faults. But my biggest insecurity and fear is to not be like my father. Okay. Um, he just didn't have any interest in my youth. I mean, I can remember going, I think, three years with no contact. And we lived in the same town. Mm -hmm. you know? And although I have no problem with him now, I work so hard not to be like him that I might be causing my own problems. Yeah. Which I need to manage and get past, as you said, a fear. Mm -hmm. Although from the outside looking in, and I've heard it from many people, oh, Joseph, you do such a good job with your children. You're a good dad. You're loving. You're caring. I still have that fear that am I like him, you know, um, mm. to do more which is detrimental to me because it also takes away me concentrating on me. Because if I'm in a good place, I'm in a good place for my children to be in a good place. Yeah. So you do have to concentrate on yourself and get past your fears. Because if anyone questions that, like I said, in terms of my gratification, mm -hmm. like what, my gratification, that's actually the only time I feel now that creeps in. If I get questioned in regards to my parenting in a negative way, I I probably won't respond well to that person, but I also won't respond well to it in regards to my kids and try and flood them more with attention. Ask them if they're all right. Do they need anything? Should I spend money I can't afford? Which brings up a whole lot of issues. Mm -hmm. So that's a very true statement. You saying that, and I'm going to hone in on and definitely get the book, Joseph, and anyone else listening, yeah, because it is a really good book to read from a female um, gaining more insight into the divine masculine, which I will bring up in a moment um, about that. But it, it talks about fear, and what it said right here is fear needs to become your friend so that you are no longer uncomfortable with it. And it goes on to say that rather primary fear shows you that you are at your edge. Staying with the fear, staying at your edge, 
allows real transformation to occur. Yeah, that's that's true. So, you know, because you also said about the, the caterpillar and the butterfly, we all go through that metamorphosis element in our lives. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we all try to, I've had issues in my parent parenting as well, you know, and and I think certain times I have to hang back and think, oh, my gosh, you know, I'm passing this on and da 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 It's spending so much time looking at that that I am actually, like, wasting time because I kind of know, I don't want to repeat it, no, but it's that real inner work that needs to be done. So it's like the shadow work. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And that's a, that's a big part of the healing process that we need to go through first firstly before we can truly love ourselves is yeah. understand our shadow. Yeah, it's like it's kind of like forgiving yourself before you want others to forgive you, mm-hmm. you know? Like for your actions, who you are, how you've reacted to certain things because that's all part of self-love as well you have to reverse engineer yourself take a good look at how you act how you respond what type of person you are whether you are actually a positive or a negative person you know Mm -hmm. like when i self-reflect and i did a lot of that um probably between 30 and 35 Mm-hmm. Um, I've done a lot of self-reflecting. What I did realise is that I'm quite manipulative. And wow. that could be... And it was just a natural trait. Um, and being manipulative actually can be positive because we all have something that we're good at. It's all mm-hmm. depends on whether you use it for a positive or a negative. You know, if you want to steer someone into a good avenue or avenue of enlightenment, use your skills. Or you can steer them into a bad or negative way, and you're mm-hmm. still using your skills. You know, so when I was self-reflecting on myself, I learned, okay, don't let it just flow out organically to get the results I wanted. Mm-hmm. Because I had a good way of controlling conversations and steering in certain ways. And can that could lead to controlling people emotionally. Now, you can use the same skills in a positive way or you can use it in a negative way. And that's also part of learning in life as well and growing and making these mistakes and understanding these mistakes and not doing it again. For me, it was controlling it and just not let it organically come out to get the results that I want and recognising that in myself. You're being nasty. Stop that. Mm. So mm. that's all part of it as well. And that is something I actually needed to get over and understand that if someone saw that in me, respect mm. them for seeing it because I've seen it myself. You know, you can't always be like, that's not me, that's not me, come on now. You know, you have to accept these things as well. That's Was it, would, would you say it's um, a mixture of all of what I'm going to say or one thing that intimate relationship that you had that brought you to the stage of real reflection or was it just your your growing up your parent your dad not being there 
Was that always something that was there in the mix? And then eventually you thought, I need to really uh, work on this. What was it? What was the I, catalyst? I addressed my dad thing early on in my life. Um, I just dealt with that. And I, it's not even something I sank in and just let boil. I just addressed that straight away because we never had a bond where I needed to fear addressing that because he never built any fear, do you know, like a male fear as, as a dad, that none of that was there. I, as far as I was concerned, I was the most alpha person in my house. So, no, I can address you with these things and put my point across. But in terms of parenting, I never wanted my children to see me in that light. And that was down to the relationship I was in, um, who I've had the children with. I'm not going to be here and just put that down. We all make mistakes in relationships. I've made them. She made them. But what I did know is that she played on them and knew that was a way to get me to do the things she wanted. And that took a lot for me to realize that I am actually just good at parenting. And that's not me blowing my own horn. The results are there for me to see in comparison. I take in all the information I need to. I mean, I've got a daughter. I've learned about the moon cycle as much as it was foreign to me. You know, I grew up in a house of women. It wasn't explained to me mm -hmm. because would my mother explain that to me? You know, um, I had to learn about that. Yeah, the different things boys go through because I mean me I was I was actually never told anything about being a boy because I was only raised by my mum and my mm -hmm. dad didn't he take time to care about those things mm -hmm. you know so I, like I said I learned that through my peers in terms of having sex for the first time or masturbating or any of these things or even something so trivial um, about getting a morning glory at school <laughs> You know, like, these are all things no one speaks about. But I make sure I tell my son, both of them, like, this is very natural. Yeah. You know, yeah. you not feel a way about this. Because when I was little, there was nothing. I mean, I can give you a perfect example of how different it is for men and women. Mm -hmm. So the system is tailor-made for you're a young woman. There are many assemblies, there are slide sheets, there are pamphlets about your moon cycle and when it happens and blooming into a woman. And if there's an incident in the classroom, uh, the teacher is fully prepared, she probably has some sort of sanitary towel in her bag, will give it to you, so on and so forth. You'll go to a private room and you'll be given a pamphlet. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you're a boy. It's 8.30 in the morning. You're in registration. And you're asked to go to a lesson. You've got a morning glory. You do not want to get up. Because we all know what's going to happen. Yeah. Now, there is no pamphlet for that. So then you're seen as being disruptive. Then you're seen as being aggressive. And then you're told to get out. Mm. And then you have to do something that seems a bit fuggery by putting your hands down your pants and walking in a way which looks normal, 
But really, you're just hiding the morning glory. Yeah. There is no educational system for that. There is no blanket, cushion, or spokesperson for it. I've never heard it spoken about before. That's, that's happened in English classes where you get told, yeah, stand up and read. Yeah. I don't want to read this. Why? You're made to feel a certain way. You're targeted. Now, if a girl has an incident, gets then... excused. Yeah, yeah, that's that's it's so it's so interesting you say that as well because I used to work as a teenage pregnancy advisor, then went on to um, being a sexual health advisor, working with vulnerable children. But we used to have to go and do assemblies and things. So yeah. having these conversations with boys, either on a one to one or in a group so interesting to have because I realised a lot of them never had the opportunity to have this conversation at home so to have it within the classroom was, you know I I do miss that element of things and I suppose that's why I'm just so free my son will look at me now looking like please mum, please let's not have this conversation (laughs) I'm sorry but it's got to be had, I'll come in, I'll come I'll put the sex book on his bed and then there's yeah. there's like a um oh what is it called? It's like a comic style book which shows you things. But yeah, I came in and I was just like, so has this happened yet? Has that? He's looking at me like, oh please, it's too early. I was like, you've got to have these conversations, though, you know? Because you can literally just grow blind towards these things and not know, mm. you know. And this is like I said, sometimes. Me, when I talk to my sons, I, sometimes I, I think, am I being overbearing? <laughs> or am I just doing too much? Or is this working? Because, you know, you're always going to think to yourself, am I doing enough? Yeah. Am I doing enough? You know, and you're always told, well, I don't know, as a man, it's, you could always do more, do more, do more, do more. Because in comparison, you're only shown any form of parenting. You're only shown from a woman's perspective. Yes. Like it's it's always from a woman's perspective. It's never it's never from ours. And if it is, it's like we should be totally glorified. And oh, he's doing such a good job. And in a way, that's also like a it feels patronizing. Yeah. Because you've been doing it for years. Why can't I? Mm. why is it a good thing like remember you market it where we can't do it you're also responsible for that as well you know I feel this leads into what I want to bring up about that that element of a space yet again we need to create it from young because would you say that you were in touch with your emotions um, mm, I was emotional. Don't know if I was in touch with them when I was young. Mm, okay, because you you mentioned that you grew up in a household mainly where your mum and other females around you, and not yeah. really had that balance of a a, a masculine and a, a feminine energies yeah. within the house. So it, it did that. That's why I'm, I suppose I'm going into the divine masculine and divine feminine that was spoken about as well. Do you know much about that? Divine? No, no. Okay. No, I don't. So 
the divine feminine, the, the male energy, the divine masculine, let me just pinpoint the difference for all those that don't know, is that we all have a mixture of these energies and each has a divine purpose towards helping reach our highest purpose. But when it's out of balance, that's where the conflict comes into play. Okay. So the, the male energies direct um, projects outward with decisive, positive action. It's, it's like a building kind of, you know, it's a builder seen as the, the strong trait that it has. Yeah. And then a female's energies is what allows us to just be. It's powerful. It's loving, caring, allows faith, um, trusting deep inner knowing and higher intuition that kind of thing and so the two of them married together kind of really help balance us as a person so let me explain it from my point of view because I'm currently in a single parent you know now I'm a single parent and I kind of find certain things I do are very I have a lot of masculine energies about me yeah so is I'm, I sometimes come across as very direct, like things have got to get done now. Da, 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 da. Whereas if I, I'm trying to step back into my feminine energies, where you have that softer side, that softer approach to things, and I find it very difficult to balance the two. And if I'm with a man, you are yeah. kind of meant to soften him, you know, bring the man peace when you come into contact in that intimate relationship. You're meant to bring them peace and, and that kind of energy so that they become more balanced with their feminine energies. Because two masculine energies in a house will repel against each other. Does that make sense? Yes. So, yes, it does. So if, I, if you, you're a masculine man, you come with your masculine energies, I'm going to come now with my masculine energies, even though I'm meant to have my feminine energies, we at some point are going to definitely repel because you've got your ways of doing things. I want things done. Da, 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 da. Whereas the two are meant to come together. You're with your masculine, me with my feminine energies, and we're balancing out the two. I find that we need to step back into those kind of energies to make things really work. I, I probably didn't explain that properly, listeners. <laughs> no, that... Um... What you're saying, you've actually explained it well. But I don't know if I've ever experienced that. Um, I mean, I may have done, but I might not have had the educated eyes to see it at the time. If I was to say that, oh, no, I think I've, I've lived that, but I, you know, I never saw it, that would also be lying to myself because at the end of the day, I, I really don't know where they're at or how much they've grown since then. And they might have been just trying to satisfy me as much as possible, just so they can have their idea of what it should be between me and them, you know? Um, mm. Just to let you know what you were saying earlier in terms of being like a, a single parent and saying, oh, look, you need to do this, you need to do that. That's just mum. <laughs> That's my experience. That's just mum. Need to fill in those shoes and get things done. That's just actually having order in your house. You don't need a, a man to have order in your house. At all. No. 
You know, that's just ordering the house. And if you need to put on an authoritative voice, that's just parenting. You know, that can come from a male or a female. But in terms of masculine energy, if there isn't a man in the house, um, it's only natural that boys go looking for it, find it. Yeah. Uh, I can only go off my own experiences. Uh, the only masculine things I ever saw was negative. Um, mm. In terms of, you know, I didn't see no educated black man that spoke a certain way. They actually had to sound like, what's the guy that does Channel 4 News? Oh, the Asian guy. No, the one who was knighted. Um, uh, he has a glove. The one with the white hair. Yeah, yeah. So you have to, and John Snow. No disrespect. You have to compromise yourself, mm. you know, and you had to sound like the Queen's mother's language. That's just coming from a black perspective, because we were demonized as men. You know, fine examples are there are Asian boys born in England that have an Asian accent. There are Italian boys born in England that have an Italian accent. Now. If you go to school and speak Tutu Patois, don't speak like that. But yet, yeah, an Asian brother can speak exactly how he sounds at home. And no one has told them to speak any different. Or an Italian. Mm. Or an Irish. And they are all born here. But they have a slight twang. Now, if I was to say something that was slightly twang in school, it would be, that's not how you pronounce that. Yes, but actor didn't pronounce it that way neither. Do you know? because we were demonized. Mm. And the only ones that I saw were negative, you know, the local roadman, because he was the only one that had things, a car, and was the only one that was actually willing to speak to you, because the generations were so backwards, like no disrespect to them, but they were. The ones that were successful separated themselves from you, and look down on you, you know, they would mm. set back. They wouldn't actually pass any knowledge on because if they didn't see a spark in you, they would leave you. Because probably because they realized that they, in order to succeed at that time, they had to separate themselves as much. They had to compromise themselves. Mm. No masculine energy that was positive was passed down in a single parent home. And the reality is, a woman cannot show a man how to be a man because she's not a man. Just like mm -hmm. I, my daughter, how to be a woman because I am not a woman. And that's not a bad thing. It's just a reality that we need to mm -hmm. face. So I guess the message is, if there's an uncle out there, step up. <laughs> if you need to mm -hmm. show your nephew how it is to be strong, masculine, step up. If they're Dad is not about because Definitely. it's very important. Put your work in. Definitely that because I feel this, it will lead to a lot of stuff. It will lead to a lot of things. Um, and we're already coming from a community. And I am talking about the black community because that's the community I come from. Yeah. But I do feel that we are coming from a place of trauma. Oh, we've got all of these, you know, things going on, you know, fatherless homes, motherless um, 
sometimes even motherless homes as well, you know. So it's the space that we need to create and not just for females. There also needs to be that space for men as well to open up, talk, and just get that things off their chest, you know, because the healing work is, it goes deep, as we've so mentioned. Yeah. Um, and you, certain times, you know, you see people and on the surface they look okay, but there's a million and one things going on, but they just don't feel like there's the right energy there where they can talk it out. They were never educated to do it. Mm-hmm. Never shown that it's possible to talk. I mean, a very typical black culture and saying is, oh, no, no, no. We don't do therapy. That's a white people thing. That's so common. So common. And that's bad. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't want to talk about things. So what do you want to do? Hold it in until it gets aggressive because someone's seen it in you and just asks you, like, what's wrong, man? Like, what are you doing that for? Because it's something mm. you don't want to hear and you're not taught how to manage or deal with, comes out as anger. And yeah. that's why, and that also goes back to when you said about are you in tune with your emotions? Mm. Yeah. I said I was very emotional, but I wasn't in tune to them. Because mm. I didn't know what was happening. I didn't know how I got to the stage of just an outbreak of madness and, you know, lashing out. Because for me, that was the only way I knew how to deal with things because that's all I was shown. You know, I wasn't educated. And everyone can say, yeah, but you can make up your own mind. Well, the unfortunate fact is, in the West, 70 to 80% of us are sheep. Mm -hmm. That's it. And let's say the caterpillar to butterfly stage is, when you realize that you've just been walking this path of expectation, you break out. Mm. You need to break down. I mean, people do end up when they, let's say they leave a partner or leave a job, it's traumatic. They break down. They go through very dark stages because they've been living that life for so long that it's very hard to walk another path. It's scary to be independent. It's scary to have independent thoughts and also stand up for what you truly believe you deserve for yourself. Mm -hmm. You've got to be prepared for dealing with the fact that people are going to say that you're a bad person. When you know in your heart you're not, you just want to live your life. You know? You just want to be you and be around people that are comfortable with you. Because it's natural for people to grow apart. You know, it's like it's, it's like an acceptance of death of an old life and going into a new. Mm-hmm. And it's growing into your emotions and being in touch with them. Like I've I've only just been getting involved and looking into my emotions and how I manage them and how I respond and talking to people helps with that because they might see Definitely. something you don't. Definitely. And um, just to really hone in again, because I think this is one of the solutions, definitely one of the solutions to the issues that we're having is talking. It's what I've picked up, creating a space and stepping into the energies that lay within. 
So to bring that up as well, because I know that I don't, I don't explain myself sometimes well, but <laughs> I've just found something now which which would hone in on what I was talking about with the the feminine masculine energies and what you just said there about you know young boys but it was said that here that boys were brought up with the belief to suppress their own divine feminine energy which is what you've been saying or in other words their intuition creativity the flow of things yeah and love in general yeah yeah um then it goes on to say that the truth is that no man will ever be complete without his divine feminine. And that not only applies to the energies within him, but also his divine feminine partner in life. Mm. I don't interesting. That is interesting because I'm going through a stage right now where all I want is space. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe that could be the stage that you need to go through before you realize that you desire a significant other. Mm-hmm. But I am giving myself space to spread my wings and bloom. And you need to walk my path and rediscover. And I'm not even gonna lie to you, on this side of things, I actually don't see someone filling that gap for a long time. Mm-hmm. Because I don't want that. I mean I've I've gone on that road for so long, probably hopping from one fire to another and never letting the burns heal. The energies that have been given to you, though, in terms of those feminine energies, in in what I'm hearing, has crippled your ability to become whole. So by you saying that, you're now stepping into the inner work that you need to do. Yes. Uh, to get into your heart space and, you know, to feel the unconditional love that you will receive, you know. Yeah. Um, but you can only know that once you've done that inner work, that shadow work, the healing, to be able to step into the true emotions that, you know, and then you'll be able to to, to meet someone on, on, that, on them vibrations, I hope. Yeah, well, I mean... Like I said, right now, I just don't even think about that. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure once I'm in a good space, those doors will open up to me. And someone will probably just naturally walk into me because, you know, when you give off a certain energy, it attracts that energy. Mm. And I found that now the more open I am, I'm finding more open people. The more truthful I am to myself, I'm finding more truthful people, you know. Yeah. And the more I project growth, it's attracting people that recognize that and are comfortable within themselves to be around me and for me to be around them. Like I say, I can I can carry a certain sense of confidence, which in certain environments diminishes characters, which I find is a shame because you shouldn't allow me to do that just for being me. Mm. Actually something you need to address within yourself. Why my gavitaphants will make you feel a way that you shouldn't be feeling. Well, just to end on that one though, not to end the conversation completely, but just to end on that one, there's a, a quote 
Yeah. That says, there cannot be an architect, which is the divine feminine, without the builder, which is the divine masculine. No designer without craftsmen. So that time will come for a lot of relationships to become more healthy in the way that we need to go. Um, but before you, before you enter into that space, I think it boils down to a word that we've used throughout which is your purpose must come before your relationship yes yeah yeah, yeah. and i'm gonna leave you with the same book that i'm gonna bang on at you now <laughs> uh, you're gonna for those that can't hear will feel but <laughs> um <laughs> and listeners this is a really good end i hope you've really enjoyed the conversation but this one here is particularly <laughs> for joseph right now um it says that every man knows that his highest purpose in life cannot be reduced to any particular relationship if a man prioritizes his relationship over his highest purpose he weakens himself disserves the universe and cheats his woman of an authentic man who can offer her full undivided presence amen to that that's serious <laughs> no, really, it is that's really i'm at the stage at the middle of that um statement where my purpose is more important than anything right now mm-hmm mm-hmm Definitely. I've I've really enjoyed having this conversation with you, Joseph. And I hope as well that, you know, the listeners that called for you have been given more of an insight Same into, you. you know, you know, what we what we wanted to get from this, which was exploring the true essence of love. Hopefully I'll be able to have these conversations with other men to find out their view but listeners I'm going to let you into a little secret that's not a secret anymore but this isn't the last you've heard of Joseph as he is going to be my co-host in a new show that we've coming up with right Joseph that is correct that is correct I'm looking forward to so um yeah so it's not the last you've heard i'm not gonna share any more with you because i think i've just let the cat out of the bag a bit too much now so it's gonna go back in uh but if you want to keep track of what is happening then follow me on my instagram page which is at the in focus podcast and website is up and coming as well so yeah i'm looking forward to new beginnings and releasing the true purpose with you guys so like i said hope you've enjoyed the show joseph do you have any lasting words that you would like to share with the listeners or any young people that may be listening in oh to to my generation give back in terms of knowledge don't be ignorant or blind to the youth um give them everything whether it if it's hurt you before, the information you're going to give, it won't hurt the same again. But at least you're giving back and giving the youth an opportunity. And to the youth, talk more. Aim to be less ignorant and aim to make less mistakes. More than 
three, four times. <laughs> <laughs> That's reality. I think we're not we're not shown that we need to listen to our intuition. You know, that we're conditioned not to. Listen to yourself. When you make those mistakes, know that it's a mistake. I have a my last words actually. Okay. Every mistake is a lesson and every lesson is a blessing. I wish I had sound effects. I would have done the do 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 I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, Joseph, thank you so much again for joining me in today's space. And listeners, love and light to one and all. We are out. If you or someone you know would like to be on any of the shows featured here on the In Focus podcast, then get in touch. You can do so one of two ways. Email infocus at rootsnews.co.uk or alternatively via my Instagram page at the infocus podcast you can DM me direct either which way I look forward to having you on the show